You know, Joseph, I keep my expensive watch in my safe. I'm never on time, but I feel so much more secure. This is season six, episode nine of this podcast and of Psych, and it starts right about hmm, now. I've heard it both ways. 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 And welcome back to I've Heard It Both Ways. I'm your friendly neighborhood backcracker, Dr. Joe, riding shotgun in the blueberry with me, as always, is the Floramos eating, sushi ordering, bocce balling, woo, Thursday night casting, Friday night balling, line dancing, son of a gun, and he's having a hard time keeping those alligators down, woo, Billy, my guy, how's it going? Fantastic, Joseph. We are here to talk about what I think is a Mount Rushmore episode of Psych for me personally. And I'll tell you what, this is one of the episodes I watch all the time. And while going through the notes, I uncovered some gems that I was shocked by. I can't wait to get to all of the stuff, but uh, I'm very happy to be talking about episode nine of this season. Yeah, Neil Simon's Lover's Retreat. And uh, I'm I'm right there with you, Billy. This is very, very high up for me. I have it. This is what I feel is going to happen. I have it rated very high. And I feel as though as we go through this, we're going to have a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. I'm probably going to bump it up a couple of ticks. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is going to go into the regular rotation for me because this is one that I always love, but I forgot about. I forgot just how good it is. Uh, so real quick, have Sean and Gus, you know, tell us, tell the people what the process of the program is, Billy. You know, I set up a way to do this that has a nice clean <laughs> intro and you've stepped on it, not stepped on it, but like you've tossed it to me twice now very well. And in my mind, I'm preparing for the correct toss, but here it is. Usually starts with a holla and ends with a creamsicle. And then if there's time in between, Thundercats. Oh, oh, this is maybe something we should talk about off air so that I no, know. No, no, I like, <laughs> no, because like I'm so geared up for it in my head. Like, don't mess it up this time. Make it because like uh, I, you know, uh, not to brag, I have a journalism degree, but I always want to toss to stuff like seamlessly. And then you hit me with that. And I'm like, that's perfect. Damn it. <laughs> so you, like, you, you do you, you do you, boo. By the, by the time we're halfway through um, either suits or uh, sirens, we'll have we'll have it down. No, no, <laughs> I, I like it. No, we're, we're letting you toss from now on. <laughs> so what is the case? The synopsis. Sean and Juliet go to a lover's retreat and meet an overly romantic couple. The couple are scam artists who recently hijacked a motorist. Sean and Juliet end up working the case. Gus, Laster, and Henry spend a restless weekend in town. So a couple things real quick. Uh this episode is is fucking tremendous. Now, there's one thing I, I, I'll you know when we get to it, I'll sort of mention it. And that, but they tell you I'm not spoiling anything here because they just told you right there in in the GD synopsis there. But the scam artists, we find out very early on who the scam artists are, and I get why they do it because what it does is it brilliantly um, pivots the episode, mm-hmm. right? And and I love that you know. Uh, had they not had that pivot, I would have had a real problem with this. But we know who the con artists are real early. And I thought it would have been really great if we didn't find out who they were until oh, I love it. Ah, 
I love it. This doesn't play well for the people listening, but Billy has made a tremendous old man yells at cloud graphic. I need that. I, w- I want to frame it and hang it on my wall, Billy. It is. You want a side note? Uh, on our Disney uh, Disney Plus profile, I changed my icon. I, I'm always changing it, but I recently made it the uh, the old man from Up. Ooh, okay. And when Violet saw that, she I've never heard a belly laugh so hard in my life. <laughs> really? That's awesome. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, so that um, was the classic Simpsons old man yells at Cloud. But yeah, yeah. I get what you're saying there with Cloud. But it's and perfect. Barbie. They needed to do it. And, it, yeah. and they pulled it off perfectly, actually. Well, what what we get here in the cold open, and we can dig into it a little bit more, but we get like a classic Law and Order, typical one of these shows opening where you start with the crime, where typically in this show, that's not how it goes. So I like that we're already off from the normal of a psych episode with either a flashback or starting with the guys or in the office or at the station. So I see what you're saying there, but you're right. Them doing that kind of, you know, you're in on the joke. You're in on the dramatic irony of they're obviously up to something, even when they're interacting with Sean and Jules. Yeah. And 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 I think what makes uh, this this part because we've had a couple episodes now where the story hasn't been great, the plot hasn't been great, and the comedy has been sparse. Yeah. This episode nails it all right, start start to finish, and while. As the viewers were watching this, we already know that when something is afoot, like we know that something is afoot already. But like I said, had that just been the sole story of the episode, if you didn't have that third little thing, mm-hmm. that, then this I don't think for me this episode would have been as high from a storytelling perspective. But they weaved it in, they layered the story so well between Sean and Jules being away on their own the the con artists and then what we get to end that and then you mix that in with the hilarity that is the three amigos and gus henry and lassie and you're right this might be a perfect episode now personally i have episodes that i love and mean a little bit more to me i have them a little bit higher ranked uh but like i said as we go through this bill you're probably going to talk me up a couple of ticks here uh but this episode make no mistake about it was a fucking classic right from the rip it's a delight that's the only way i can describe it this is one of the ones where if i need something to watch this is what i'm going to this is one of like five episodes i'd say that is a classic go-to always gotta watch psych yeah to me this is definitely i think what we need to do too is 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 when we we come to the end we'll have to we'll have to make a a top 10 Mm -hmm. oh yeah top whatever right and this is in there it's gotta be it mm-hmm. really does. And for a season that has been very up and down, mm-hmm. start off with a bang, eh, we had a couple of misses, and then there's been a couple episodes that you've liked a little bit more than me and vice versa. Um, this is going to be an interesting season to rank, and we, I know when we have Jacob on, he's going to really fucking throw a monkey wrench in it. <laughs> uh, but this episode, it's like, for me, I love um, uh, Last Night Gus. I put that ahead of this, but that's me, because I just... Oh, yeah. Right, I can see that. Um, but for me, like this season, it's last night, Gus. It's this. It's um, uh, um, autopsy. Whips, turvy. Cream was it? 
<laughs> and then I think the finale for this is Santa Barbara Town, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a more uh, heavy hitter, but it's a great episode nonetheless. But but, but it's so good. And uh, so, anyways, I've got two things in this episode that were like eh, like weren't my weren't my favorite. One of which is a hundred percent on brand for the character. It's just from a personal perspective, like yeah, guy shaking his fist and yelling at the TV because I just want Sean to be a man. Mm-hmm. in this case and 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 do right by his buddy and we'll get to that uh and then the other thing i just thought was a little silly and i always thought it was silly uh but you loved it we'll get to that in, in a bit so uh billy um interesting note we've we've mentioned this now a few weeks in a row but uh director writer so let's go through the director and then a fun little tidbit here with the writer okay so brad turner this guy fucking gets it he bangers gets it neil simon's lovers retreat obviously no trout about it. Unbelievable episode and cog blocked. Spoiler alert. Top four episode of Psych season eight. It's one of the all time greats. That is the episode I've seen the most of Psych by far and away. It is a Gus centric episode. This guy, I got, we got to ask to have him on for that one and cog block. That's the guy we got to get. He also directed fucking 46 episodes of the show 24. Oh and, shit! No way. Yeah, yeah. So like the like probably the main director of Twenty Four, I would imagine. Yeah. And then, you know, a ton of other like real big shows, all very serious for the most part. It seems like early in his career he was more comedy, but when he comes in on this man, he comes in like a ton of bricks. It's unbelievable. Yeah. And then Steve Franks, obviously writer, Carlos Jacot, who is the fruit stand guy. Yeah, we've talked about him, yeah. and he was also the guy, and he's the hotline, the hotline guy, guy, right? So he's like a producer on the show. So you he's gotta get him on here too. This yeah. guy fucking gets. So the next episode he writes because that's probably gonna come up quicker than No Trout about it. Gotta get. We gotta ask. We gotta at least ask. And and if you have it, and if you if you haven't been listening to the show or watching the show, I mean, Billy's been talking about fucking cogged blocks in season one. Unbelievable. I mean, and there's not- a shirt that he wears, and there's a there's a website that's like. Uh, it's like searches for um, clothing in shows. So you can oh. type in an episode and it'll pop it up. There's oh. a shirt that Gus wears in there. It's not on that site. It's an amazing shirt. I got to find it. Speaking of which, go to uh, It's a Chunky, right? Mm-hmm. And, and and get your uh, get your Billy D uh, designed wear. Right here, this is Detective Crash War, maybe one mm-hmm. of the greatest TV characters of all time. But uh, we have a couple of standout guest stars, and this episode fucking nailed it. We've got one, two, two very well-known uh, guest stars, and then one uh, who who star burned very, very fucking bright. <laughs> That's great. That's great. She's not like – I wouldn't say she's like unknown. She's like a, a low-level character actor. I've definitely seen she's her in probably, a bunch of she's, things. She's someone you've seen, but you have no idea, like, just... She was... I think him. she was in in um Shameless for a few episodes. That makes sense. Uh, but first, uh, we have Jason Priestley, mm-hmm. who oh plays Clive. He's one, of the, he's one of the con artists. He's great. I, I should have written down who the actress was that plays Barbie. Uh, Yeah, hello, Barbie. Uh, but we have Tony Hale, right, from Arrested Development fame, uh, as well as Veep. Uh, he plays Jerry Kincaid throughout the episode. I'll be referring to him as Four Eyes. Uh, <laughs> and then we have Arden Myron, who plays Chelsea, who... Dashy do. 
<laughs> yeah, she do. She she's up ah, there for ah, me ah, with. Ah. <laughs> she's up there with me with uh, Goochberg. Goochberg, I was just gonna yeah. say. She's not Goochberg, but she's close. No, but could you imagine her and Goochberg on <laughs> a cop show? I'd watch the fuck out of that. Oh, so the pairings are Henry and Chelsea and Lassie and Goochberg. I will fucking watch that all day, every day for the rest of my life. But Chelsea, in this show, when she is on, she is, as as, as the jobber docker would say, take a drink, super hot Oh, fire she's, awesome. <laughs> she's she she's a fucking pistol man uh <laughs> that's the only way to describe it no one rollerblading yo <laughs> i like my bed bald and virile Ooh, who's this pop pop terry <laughs> bradshaw <laughs> john connery dick cheney <laughs> is she on her second slab of ribs oh, she's unbelievable <laughs> all right so Let's let let's get into it. There's no flashback scene. So, like as Billy said to start the show, I I, I love that Psych has sort of gotten to a point now where they're gotten away from the flashbacks or automatically starting at the station. The pick and choose. Or, yeah, yeah. We're getting you know we're getting right into it, which I love. No, no. So no this is my it. biggest thing with content in general is you let the content dictate the form. Right, you don't let the form dictate the content. Correct. So yep. They probably got to a point where they were like, "We're forcing these." Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's stop. Let's only do it when it's called for. Yeah, and these kids ain't cute anymore, so we got to move on. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the episode starts. It's a, a rainy car ride. We see four eyes, and he's upset. He's he's on the phone. He's flipping out. It sounds like yes, you yes, you're no, not no. <laughs> <laughs> there's a deal going awry there's something going on this guy is in a fucking fluster and he's driving on this you know, rainy long and winding road bum, bum. and uh, he comes across what appears to be a motorcycle accident there's a motorcycle down there's two people laying on the ground he stops to help them the good samaritan that he is mm-hmm. and as he gets out of the car they pop up they ain't dead or they ain't hurt they're there to rob four eyes. <laughs> Better than you, Beamer. Right. So they take his glasses, right? All this shit. And uh, and that's how the episode starts. So we get a nice little con job. It's quick. It's to the point. There's no real fussing about. And then we cut to Sean and Jules in the uh, what appears to be the psych parking lot or a parking lot. Yeah, it's a uh, weird location. Yeah, with Gus. And so Gus is proud. We we get proud, Papa Gus. Come on, son. Probably the only encouraging come on, sons we get, but it's yeah. amazing. And so we find out real quickly that Sean and Jules are off for a little weekend getaway. Mm-hmm. Um, and Sean's real nervous, right? And and so this is one thing I did like is right away you know what's going on without them having to tell you what's going on, mm-hmm. right? Sean's nervous. We know he's a commitment phobe. Uh, he's going away with Jules. He's acting really, really nervous. He really, really, really wants to talk to Gus. You mm-hmm. get the feel right away. He is planning on proposing to Jules, mm-hmm. and he's having a hard time. This was my Piccadillo, and it wasn't. It wasn't. Uh, it wasn't the way Sean was acting. It's just like I had a hard time with it because, like, dude, just be a man. Tell your buddy. Tell your buddy what's going on. And I know why they did it. And, and it's, 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 it doesn't take away from the show. And it's just be, me being, it's just me letting a personal thing say, come on, man. I just, like, I wanted to, like, just jump through the TV, grab him by the collar, shake him, and be like, be a man. 
So, to his defense, it's tough to tell Gus these things because didn't last time he go he went on a caramel binge, both hot yes. and cold. Was it caramel? Hot it and was cold. Caramel. It uh. was hot, hot and cold. So I get it. <laughs> it, it it's it, it it and it makes sense because it it's what sort of drives the rest of the season and then into the next season when we get the breakup and all. I get all of that. It's just for me, like I said, it's not anything. It's not a negative. I put on the show. It didn't affect my my rating of it. I just, I just, <laughs> I just wanted to, as a man, you know, as a, a, a like, be a man, you know, like uh, the Godfather and Jake. Uh, what's his name? Johnny Fontaine, you know, be a man, uh, and tell us, and tell his buddy, because that's what good buddies do. But that's a piccadillo. You can, yeah, that, but that, like I said, it does it. It's not a negative on the show. That's just a, that's just a me being an old grumpy fuck. Um, but I, I, what I love here is, you know, Sean, I love this. We're going to, there's going to be a lot of quotes that we just, we just go off on here because it's just, there isn't a scene in this episode, Billy, where w- somebody doesn't say something that is absolutely fucking hilarious. And we get this little back and forth here with Gus, where he says, remember to talk to my plants thrice daily, but do not talk to them. Um, Water my plants thrice daily. Oh, yeah, water my plants. Because once you get them started, they won't stop, especially Jim. Jim is the ficus? Yes. Yeah, I wrote that down on water. And I love (laughs) that. Jim's, And he just goes, Jim's the ficus? Like, because we've all been there, right? Like, uh, you know, I'm about to to go away for a little bit, Mm -hmm. uh, take a little trip, and we're talking to my neighbors about the feeding. So, like, these are the things that you do, right? You remind the person, and the fact that he goes, and the ficus is Jim. It was just so perfect. And I absolutely love that. Um, and then, like, <laughs> this happens a couple of times throughout the episode. But like, Sean's trying to like talk to Gus without Jules knowing, and then, and he's like, "I need you. To, I need you to read my thoughts." Like, I can't read your thoughts. And they're just staring at each other. And he goes, "Gus goes waffles." Goes, yes. How'd you know that? All right, let's do it again. And then Gus goes. Waffles again. He goes, All right. Yeah. <laughs> I also love when Jules is like, Are you guys okay? Why are you guys staring to each other's eyes? No, just a routine forehead check reciprocated. Yeah. yeah. And then, so Billy, you need to follow, make sure you follow the Pineapple Boys on Twitter, um, on uh, Instagram, because Billy did a wonderful, wonderful cut up. Billy is a fucking maestro when it comes to all things, you know, videos and editing and all that shit. He made a great little video to this particular line, which I had forgotten until he reminded me during last episode oh my God. with the, with the, well, you just left me, uh, you, Jules, you, do you said that you have very definite expectations to this weekend. How do you know that? Because you sent me an email saying that you have very definite expectations for this weekend. To which you replied, slumber party, nudie times, drinky, drinky. And then the way he just goes, oh, that's just my out of office reply. Like that is like, that is the ultimate psych joke. It it really is. It is perfect. And I got to see, like, that's why I want to have Steve Franks or Carlos J. Cott on to see who fucking wrote that. Because that. Like, that's just my standard out of office reply. Like, that just doesn't happen in casual conversation. And the line from the beginning where he's like, um, uh, you know, I don't uh, put my I put my expensive watch in my safe. I'm never on time, but I feel yeah. so much more secure. I have said that in casual conversation when people talk about watches and it is a laugh every time. And people are like, where'd you get that from? I was like, it's mine. It's fine. Yeah. Somebody watches Psych. 
Yeah, except us. Yeah, uh, it is like the niche group, but like you can get away with quoting it like it's your own fucking like yeah. stuff. Yeah, I mean, yeah, <laughs> I I think I even got violence tied to saying, "Because mom, fruit is not a snack. It's not <laughs> or dry fruit." But there's there, there, there's something about the way that Jules delivers that line: "Slumber party, nudie times, drinky, drinky, drinky." drinky. The way she like just the the inflection in her voice. The way she's she been on it. a roll. She is phenomenal yeah. in this. Uh, it's 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 cute as a button the way she says it. Mm-hmm. Um, but is it <laughs> absolute all timer here? Um, and then as they drive away, we we see a little sad Gus here. Maybe maybe don't a worry sad. about me. I have yeah. an epic weekend plan. <laughs> and then Eric Carmen's all by myself hits, and it <laughs> crash cuts to the supermarket version of it through like the microphone, like and he's just shopping. It's it's so unbelievably good. And this scene. Is it goes from like, and this is the thing you were talking about earlier, where every scene is great. That's what all epic, great, memorable shows, TV, movie, whatever. Like, I think of the Naked Gun. Like, you can take every scene of the yeah. Naked Gun as its own into the super bad, good episodes of television. Like, every scene from this is just on on point, on fire. Everything's good. Yeah. Yeah, there, there, there's something funny. There's a funny line. There's a funny gag. There's, and this scene is great because we see three men. We we get three men here who are all full of bravado, mm-hmm. and yet they're all not yeah, at the same time. Isn't really full of bravado. <laughs> false, well, bravado. <laughs> false, false bravado. But like you know, like Lassie fancies himself. A manly man, you know, oh, he, yeah. he fancies himself as a John Wayne type, right? Yeah, Henry you just take is, all your laundry out and blast the place with a right guard. Love the right guard reference. <laughs> I haven't thought about right guard since middle school. Uh, but we're at the we're at the grocery store here, and we see Gus. He's just pushing a cart, and then out of fucking enter stage right comes Lassie, and, and just. This interaction here, I just fucking love this. Where he goes, "Oh, Guster, I didn't know you shopped here." <laughs> Because I have coupons, uh, and then he goes, "Yes, they do have some good bargains." I loaded up on a cart of forty watts, an arm full of forty watts. Yeah, that, that's a lot of light bulbs. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm all set, right? You know. Yeah. And then enter stage left. We have Henry, and what is Henry doing? What's he flipping through? <laughs> He's buying shirts. My exact style, by the way. And I really sure it's got a big weekend planned. Yeah. And I realized something here, Billy. <laughs> it, within throughout the course of this episode, I realized that I am equal parts lassie, like, like uh, equal parts, like, um, how how would you describe it? Like, like lame ass lassie and Henry. All I've somehow like molded, like I I've become those two. But like, I love this here where Henry's flipping through the shirts and he goes, "Buy one shirt full price, get the other one free." That's what I call value. And the- <laughs> he also references a Mannix marathon too. Like it's just this scene is so packed with little bits of comedy in what is just a hilarious scene as it is. Yeah. And then he looks at he looks at Lassie and he goes, You too shot here up. He goes, Oh, so you're the one that took all the light bulbs. Like he too was there. Yeah. <laughs> the light bulb. Like, like everything about it is perfect. I'll tell you what, Billy, I'll wear the fuck out of those shirts. 
Oh yeah, they're great. They're yeah. uh, they're as Sean would describe them in uh, the racetrack episode. They are a genocide of color. And so, <laughs> so what I, what I love here is that we have you, you, you've got Gus, Lassie, and Henry, all three generationally different. And Gus looks at Lassie and Henry as two old lamos, and he is the young buck. And he's hitting, he's trying again, this falls from and he goes, Well, I don't know about you guys, but I'm gonna be going out to out to the club and it'd be packed to the rafters with biddies. I fucking love that word, biddies. It's not quite broad level, but it's like maybe the next tier down. Biddies is such a great word. <laughs> it certainly is. And the broad counter is that one for tonight. I'm gonna make a big yeah. counter as well. But <laughs> yeah. the whole scene is great, and this is where we get the setup for the next scene. And that's what really good writing does. It doesn't yes and necessarily. It yeses and therefores. So this sets up that other scene perfectly because you get, you know, oh, solitude, good for the soul. But, you know, they both want to go. And as Gus yeah. is kind of like backing away, he's like, pack to the rafters? Yes. Right. Ah. Well, oh, fuck. And that's what's that's the other great thing about this episode, too, is that it is paced perfectly. Oh, at lightning the, pace. The, the 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 transitions from scene to scenes, the callbacks from scene, like everything. It's just, it really is a perfect tango. Well, right? we say this a lot, and it's a little bit difficult to kind of classify it as this because Sean and Jules are a couple, but they are playing mixed doubles, which we usually like because mm -hmm. typically Sean and Jules aren't necessarily together for the bulk of the episode. Correct. And now they are. And then you yeah. have the ultimate threesome. <laughs> with 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 Henry, Burton, and Lassie. So it is it's dynamic and they do a really good job of intercutting the scenes where sometimes they just like let the whole scene play out. Yeah. But now they're like checking in throughout it. Like they break up the nightclub scene into a couple of like snippets. Yeah. Which is great. And and it doesn't feel forced. It doesn't feel jagged. It doesn't feel out of place. It's as just my like college professor once said you want to flow down the river you don't want to bump down the stairs and this episode just kind of it just it just flows the whole way because everything is smooth you don't even notice it until i looked at your notes i didn't realize how much it was really broken up yeah because it does it just bang 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 mm -hmm. bang and this is uh you know this is something that i have a gripe with oftentimes in comics that i discuss on on my other podcast it's like you know, pacing is important, right? When when you're shifting in between either timelines or you're shifting in between scenes, right? It, if it's something's clunky, it feels really, and it can take mm -hmm. you right out of it, right? Mm -hmm. So it's very important to have those transitions be seen. As a video editor, you know the importance oh, yeah. of clean transitions. This episode this feels fast because it's paced well and you're never yeah. waiting for everything to happen. Everything yeah. is just kind of constantly happening because of the way they move the scenes. Yeah, uh, which is that that's what we want. I think Psych does that a lot for the most part, mm -hmm. does that a lot. So now we're at the resort and uh, <laughs> I love this because because poor Sean is just the best. Right. So they get to the <laughs> resort and the, the guy at the hotel says, now I'll need to see your ID, Mr. Guster, which is like so on brand. It's so, so perfect. It's like a smile in it too. It's like, he's got the yeah. eyes closed. Yeah. And, looking up. and I think it's a, it's like Alaska or Hawaii. It's like a McLovin type of ID. Yeah. It's absolutely great. 
Uh, and then Sean reaches his pocket, and, like hands him a, a fucking bunch of nickels for the tip. Like uh, yeah, oh, any time like, they do the Home Alone, you, know, you keep all you like the stick of gum. Yeah, he does it again? Like uh, I think it's the Despero episode where he gives somebody like the change, and he's like, "That was a York peppermint patty." He's like, "Oh, really? Can I get that back?" <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so like, that's the thing too. We really haven't talked because we talked so much so far about Sean. I mean, uh, Henry and Gus and Lassie and Jules and Chelsea, right? And I didn't I'm just little, little uh, get the counter going, peek behind the curtain. I didn't pick Sean as my favorite character because I knew, A, you'd take him, but B, I just loved the people that I chose so much. But it really is a tour de force episode by Sean. Everything, the, the, the mannerisms, the acting, the comedy, the what, everything. It's just fucking perfect. So while we're here, here come the con artists. Now, no one else in the episode knows, but we, the viewer, we know that. And so, like I was saying before, like biz, they call that dramatic irony. It it is dramatic. Uh, The the ironing is delicious. Simpsons (laughs) restaurants. And, um, and so like, like I said, like there's a, there's a hidden third element to this episode that we don't get to the very end. And had we not had that, I would have thought this was lame that we already knew who the con artists are. But as, as we go through and, and discuss it, like it just, it's so perfect that we're, that we're in on it. Mm-hmm. And that that and that Sean and Jules aren't because it makes Sean's initial interaction with them that much funnier. It makes their acceptance of them even more hilarious. Mm-hmm. And then it makes the reveal of them like really impactful. So like it was just it was done perfectly. Like they, there wasn't a, a single fucking misstep uh, in, in the storytelling here. Um, so we get the con artists and then Sean starts freaking out. Um, and he's trying to call Gus and I wrote down here, it's his own fault. He should have told Gus before. And that's a, that's a doc Gilmore. That's a 41 year old man looking at another ass grown, another grown ass man says, get your shit together. Tell your best bud. But I get it because that's on brand and I'm going to let it, that's the last time I'm going to mention it. I'm going to let it go. That's his brand uh, player. That's, that's, that's his brand player. Um, and then what we get here is I love this is because like, you get this in like these kind of con artist movies when they when they make their mark, right? Mm-hmm. So Clive and Barbie have decided have, have marked Sean and Jules as a target of theirs, and I love that because because Jason Priestley and, and and the actress who plays Barbie, I don't know if you want to look that up for me real quick, they are great because the chemistry between those if the chemistry was off between these two it wouldn't have worked, but they are just so simpatico with each other. And they're very charming. They're very charismatic. And Jules buys in right away. And, and by the way, quickly while I look up this lady, yeah. the fact that Jason Priestley is still an absolute handsome devil. Like, there's no other way. Like, he still looks amazing. He's like the male equivalent of Sama Hayek or um, uh, what's her name that was in the original Austin Powers. Uh, Elizabeth oh, Hurley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Elizabeth Hurley. Right. Uh, her name is Jennifer Finnegan. And she's been in a ton of stuff. Nothing that's like crazy, tyrant, salvation, yeah. close to home, moonshine. But she should do more. She's actually she doesn't act a ton. Like uh, Psych is on like her main page of like acting credits. But yeah, I think she's fantastic in this episode. She was yeah, she was absolutely tremendous. And so like this scene made me laugh for a number of reasons, right? Uh, you know, cause Jules is all in cause she's there. She wants to just, 
you know, this is such a classic couples thing. Like I always, I, I always I show we're both the person I'm not currently in a couple, but we're both the person in the couple who's like, I don't want to make fucking friends. Yes. And I, I, I joke with Megan all the time. Cause I said, we both, we have two completely different opinions on what vacationing is. Megan wants to be go, 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 go. Cause that's who she is. She's a very active person. And I want to fucking sit my fat ass on the beach and be drinking my ties. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, as I've gotten older and I've always kind of been this way, like when I go on vacation, I go to detach. I don't want to be making fucking friends or meeting new people on vacation. I want to ignore everyone, but the person I'm there with. <laughs> I agree, but I am the same way, but I've also found myself doing what Sean did and not necessarily feeding him cake, but like, actually, but yes, Actually being like, I should be an adult. I should allow this. But this scene, it's short, but it's like everything's perfect about it. The dialogue yeah. is unbelievable. All the little stuff they get out of it. You can tell they're kind of fishing for stuff. It's a lot of money in a uh, competitive aquatics. Yeah, right. It's a benefit <laughs> decent Christmas party. We do okay. Yeah. yeah. So so I love that because, A, this works twofold. One, they don't reveal that they're cops. And or and or a psychic, which is mm-hmm. great. So like it's almost like they're going fishing and they take the bait as a setup and realize there wasn't they don't really have anything. Uh and so but so I, I love this because everything they say, Sean is just being fucking uh uh a curmudgeon about which I love. And then he just I love this line where he just whispers to Jules, I hate them. <laughs> I did say Perfect. seat saved. Did I not say seat saved? Yeah, yeah. I hate them. It was so fucking person perfect and when jewel says uh it's called being adult you should try it sometime and he goes i'm wearing a man's robe <laughs> i fucking love that and i'll say this there is nothing better than going on vacation whatever wherever you're staying first thing i do look for the robe oh yeah and the slippies oh, yeah. i was gone slippies. five minutes all of a sudden we're swingers what is this yeah. ice storm who are those people <laughs> they're just people those are the worst kind like yes amen sean preach <laughs> preach fucking like love it that his like interaction during that is beautiful it, it, it really is because 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 you feel for him uh and we've all been there right and it's just so like that that's another thing right that i think psych hits on really well and it's like just real honest to goodness human emotions like you can relate to any one of these characters at any given time. And it's, it's perfect. They nail it. Uh, so now we transition. We're at the club and fucking Gus is strutting. And then he goes, Biddy's by the bushel. <laughs> yeah. Number two, Biddy's two, three, count it. Uh, and, <laughs> and I love, I love Lassie here because this, again, this is, this is something that people can relate to. Like you either, you either have this friend or you've been this person or whatever, but where he says, Lassie says, if I wasn't in a serious, meaningful relationship, I'd be doing some serious damage up in this hizzy. Am I saying that right? Hizzy. Hizzy? And this, this is the moment I said, fuck, I am also Lassie. (laughs) Cause God knows when Bert says bussin or boolin or whatever, you know, push it P or whatever it may be, right? <laughs> like, huh? What? What's that fucking mean? Am I saying that right? Did I, did I, I'm a gunner? <laughs> you know, like, yeah. 
I'm there. It's it, you know I've reached I've reached that stage in my life, William, and I have accepted it. Um, and and then, <laughs> and then uh, Lassie says something. He goes, "No, I got a lady because I got game." Right? Like it's just. I, I love Lassie trying to be relatable to Gus here. Right. And I just, I just thought like the writing of Lassie, the writing of Henry, the the writing of Gus with the three of them together throughout this entire episode, it couldn't be any better. No, they do uh, a great job of ping ponging back and forth. Um, yeah. And you know, you got Henry being like, what? Huh? Yeah. What's going on? Yeah. Uh, I, I was there today. Actually, I said that quite a few <laughs> Oh, and then like, uh, you know, so like they 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 set up this game like you know uh, Gus proposed you know, first one you know to to pull some digits off a lady, you know, and so Brings Henry then sets the best. Yeah, love that. And so uh, Henry says, "I'm as young on the inside as these kids are on the outside." And fucking Gus, maybe with the one liner of his life, says, "Yeah, but when you were that young on the outside, this was all." farmland and even the future (laughs) and even last he was like oh hot damn you got roasted son um and i wrote this down but then you highlighted it and bold okay yeah (laughs) i'm a classic i never go out of style i'm like pleated pants like that line the pleated pants line that kills me it's 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 so fucking good so now we you right back to the resort right so it's Mm -hmm. like this entire this this entire segment takes place between two scenes, but it flows so well. So we go like we literally go. It's a complete one eighty from where we last see Sean and uh, it's Sean another and crash cut. He yeah. loves them now, and I love that you don't need any of that. You yeah. just do it. Like some people are so afraid to do that in movies or TV, and people are going to be like, "Oh, what happened?" It's like, no, it makes sense. You come back to him literally. Feeding Clive cake. I'm a little upset that I didn't feed you key lime pie when we were in Myrtle Beach. <laughs> Try this little splice of heaven. It's key. Yeah. It's key. It's key lime. It's key lime. Oh, oh and, don't and, they and, make a lovely couple? <laughs> <laughs> what? Two men can't share a dessert and then go dancing. And the way he delivers the, he says gentlemen a lot like this, but yeah. it's like gentlemen. Like the way yeah. he just like, like gentlemen. Like that. Like it is so good. Oh man, I was wrong. These two are awesome. Yeah. Right? He goes from I hate them to this. And it is is so good. It is so good. And what else what else this scene does really well? Again, without having to go into a shit ton of exposition or backstory. It just the camera flash was just loud. I, I'm gonna I'm just gonna call him Tycoon. I know mm-hmm. we get his name at some point, but we see this, you know. Yeah. <laughs> this classic, like stereotypical, was you picture an, picture an Oklahoman or a Texan to be, you know, belt buckle. He's got an ivory handled six shooter on his side, cowboy hat. He's very loud. He's very boisterous. And the scene, what this does is a couple things. One, like you're not going to just show this person for no reason, mm-hmm. but at the time we've got we got no idea what role or what's going to go on here, except the little red herring that they give you here is that we know Clive and Barbie are con artists. So you have this loud guy who's bragging about, Oh, you're about to see my face and all this wine. He's a boxed wine conglomerate or something like that. Right. And he's being loud, very vocal. And it piques Clive's interests. And we see Clive 
you know, pulling a guster, staring at the man's watch, approving my point, son. <laughs> it's Cassia. <laughs> but this is an Omega Speedmaster special edition. Yep. Astronauts wore them on the moon. 100K retail. Right. So, like, why? We, we know uh, that, okay, this guy is just a mark, right? So something's going to happen with Clive and Barbie. So we still, like... At this point, we just think that that character is just another mark, mm-hmm. you know, for these guys. Because as, as far as we know, this story is going to revolve around Clive and Barbie, and somehow, you know, for some, you know, in some way. Well, that's um, the other genius of the opening scene. You think it's yes. just somebody getting robbed, but it is Tony Hale, who is a legitimate, real actor. Right. But at the time, you're really not thinking that. Right. And then, so we 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 get that, and Sean's like. He kind of gives him a sideways glance, um, but he doesn't put two and two together here. And then this is, again, the brilliance of the writing in Stumble's four eyes without his glasses. Now, without his glasses, he can't see. So Barbie fakes a migraine. Mm, My temples, my temples, my temples. Typical woman. Am I right, Billy? I I got got migraines. (laughs) Oh. I I had a migraine for four fucking days, Billy. It, uh, I am, I almost had to leave work. Early. It was fucking brutal. Um, but so they leave because, like, again, Sean and Lassie. I mean, Sean and Jules just think like, oh, okay, whatever. But and before they leave, he whispers to Sean, "Take her out to the veranda, get her a drink. Trust me." And and this was great because we know that he's telling him to do that so that they won't go immediately back to the room so they can go rob them. And I just like this whole scene was just like plot from a plot perspective. It was perfect. It was it was everything you needed because it made the rest of the episode make sense. There's other one other thing from this that I absolutely love when he goes, baby, you look ravishing tonight. <laughs> and <then> John goes, <laughs> Jules, all your facial parts. They're in nice spots. Yeah, 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 yeah. I had that in the quote section. Absolutely love that. So now we go back to the club and. <laughs> I just, this is a sequence of how I bulleted the notes here. I wrote, oh, poor, sweet, sweet Gus. And then, oh, poor, sweet, dancing. Like when he gets on the dance floor and he does that, like, the song's awesome too. It's like a classic, like, uh, stock music side where it's like, pop, shake it, move it. Like, and like the way he dances on the floor and then like the other guy comes out and break dances. Well, that was the best because he goes into a a gaggle of biddies. Mm-hmm. And they all disperse. Mm-hmm. And then that uh, it was an Asian dude, doesn't matter, but he just comes in with like the <laughs> the visor to the side, bright yellow and what and he just starts grooving on Gus. It was perfect. That is what we call comedy gold. It was great. You also got Lassie being like, Can you call my cell phone? Like, yeah. blah, blah, blah. like you yeah. don't see Henry during the whole thing. It's just Gus striking out, buying a girl a $30 drink and her yeah. walking away. It's all classic groundwork stuff. And it sets up the Henry part. Beautiful. Like this episode is just textbook great comedy the through and through. Yeah, because Lassie just comes in and he just, bam, slams the number down the table. It's legit. And, yeah. And then Lassie goes, it's legit. And this is where we just at first we just get a picture hmm? of Chelsea. And to say that we love Chelsea would be an absolute understatement. But I love this uh this this soliloquy here quickly from Henry, where he goes, 
I love beef ribs, but they don't love me. Corn on the cob gets under my dental work. Cream corn is an acceptable substitute. Bring something green. I need the fiber. Let's see you. <laughs> Fuck, yeah, 100%. Oh, I hate cream corn, but that is absolutely fucking tremendous. You got to go to Fred and Steve's. They have the best cream corn in the world. Well, that's I've heard that. Is that play, the Twin Rivers, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fred and Steve, you're listening. Please hook us up. Uh, so <laughs> there's a real shot in the dark right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're gonna take it, Billy. There's a, a little, uh, you know. So on on the other on my other program, whenever we do interviews, there's this running gag that uh, that I do where halfway through the interview, I will just shamelessly ask the person for free shit, and yeah. I found I found a real creative way to kind of get it in there, and I gotta say it works. 60% of the time, all the time. Every time, yeah. Right. Sex Panther. <laughs> right. So we're back at the resort. Sean and uh, Jules are walking into the bedroom. It has been turned over. They went to the veranda for the drink, and we find out they've been robbed. But Sean still hasn't put it together yet, right? And I, and I kind of love that. I love that there was a lack of clue face Sean in this because mm-hmm. uh, they really did make an emphasis like Jules wasn't going to be a cop and Sean wasn't going to be a psychic. They were just going to be two human beings, two people to just there for a romantic getaway. And, um, and so I love this because <laughs> we get that. And then we boom, quick cut front desk. Sean is fucking livid. And, and the guy goes, all right, the missing items are one pound cake partially eaten. I love that. That was the, one of the top items that they reported missing. <laughs> Have you had an Entenmann's pound cake? It's the best. I fucking love Entenmann's. End of the aisle. Mm. Fucking love it. Uh, <laughs> my mom used to always get like, not always get, but like for special treats, she would get like the the raspberry strusel, uh, strudel. Oh, my right? mom still gets that. I'll go every time I go over oh, to my mom's house. Grab I, would, I could legit eat the entire thing in one sitting. Yeah, the rock loves strudel too. Yeah. S- side note, last episode, we talked about red velvet cake. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you this right now, and I'm not I'm not fucking around. I'm not joking. I had red velvet Oreos for the first time. Ooh. Might be my favorite Oreo. Mm. The, 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 uh, the, the cream cheese frosting they use in the Oreo is fucking tremendous. I'll have to uh, try it. Cinnabon Oreos are my favorite, though. That's really ooh, good. Discontinued. I had those. Discontinued. Oh, man. Those sound banging. Um, other, amongst the other missing items, we have one Shamu <laughs> Poo Floaty. Uh, we have one Capital One card owned by Burton Guster, which I have for some strange reason. <laughs> and then we have one Nintendo DS, to which Jules says, "Why would you bring a video game on an adult vacation?" Because, because I'm, I'm in love, love with it, and now several hours have passed, and it could be anywhere in the world. Have you called Interpol? <laughs> Fucking love that. So this is the again the brilliance is that. We know Sean's been fretting this entire time because he he plans to uh, propose. So we're expecting in this moment, at least I was in well, this he moment. Has, yeah, he has the ring in the back of the DS. Right. But when I first watched this, I was expecting them to say one ring and then see the look on Jewel's face. Mm-hmm. But we never get that. It's just a DS. So why is he flipping out over a DS? And then we as the viewers put it together. Oh, mm-hmm. he must have hidden the ring in there. Um, but which is great because Jules is kind of, why the fuck are you freaking out so bad? Right. Uh, and then you highlighted this. <laughs> this is amazing. Cause he says the resort is sorry for your loss. And he goes, 
Stop saying the resort is sorry for our loss. The resort is a building. Unless it's Monster House or the Overlook Hotel, I am not impressed and neither is my lady friend. I have not yet been able to work this into a casual (laughs) conversation, but trust me, I will. And what I love here too, and I don't know if it happens here, if it happens a few moments later, but like one of the people there, like real smugly says, well, you know, as a courtesy, you can keep the robes. It's a $200 value to which Sean says, oh, like we weren't going to take them anyways. Like we weren't going to take them anyways. Like he gets pissed about it too. I've I've told Megan all that. So this is why, this is one of the reasons why I love my wife, because I'm all, every time we go somewhere, I'm like, I'm going to take the robe. And she's like, no, 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 you can't do that. And then for Christmas one year, one of the places that we stayed, she found out uh, from the hotel where to get the robe. And she got me that robe for Christmas. Oh, that's very nice. Yeah, that's that that's a that's a great wife right there, because uh, I'm a I'm a fat man who loves a nice soft robe, William. Um, but we also that's find out the that most soft. What is it? The <laughs> softest, most plushy, opulent robe I've ever had. Who goes commando in another man's robe? It's like I'm covered <laughs> in a cocoon of cloud candy. Candy, <laughs> which I'm actually drinking right now from. Uh, where's that mighty squirrel? Mighty Squirrel, yeah, in Waltham, Massachusetts. I'm smashing long drinks as we do this episode. Uh, but we also find out that there were several thefts that same night. So, like, okay, boom, <laughs> we know the fucking tycoon. <laughs> Look out for your pound cake, people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Sean is very upset, and, and you know, we all kind of know why. And then what I love here is that Sean calls Clive to warn them about the robberies, and Sean calls them and kind of figures it out. Well, it's awesome too because he's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." I'm doing a bit. Yes, Davu. What does he say? Like Hasselhoff and Wiener Schnitzel, and he's also in Beer Fest. Beer Fest, and he's and he plays like a German messenger, which is great. He was such a nerd in that movie. I absolutely love it. So now, Billy, this scene at Henry's. There's so much that goes on here in a very brief period of time. I, I don't know how to perfect. We just, it is so fucking good. And we haven't even gotten to the Chelsea part yet, but when they first show up, you know, Henry, <laughs> he's going to, what did the guys bring? Beef ribs. They all brought fucking slabs of beef ribs. Beef ribs. And he goes, couldn't you guys bring in some vegetables? <laughs> to which lads, he says, I thought this was a man's weekend, not a lady's luncheon. I think he says a ladies' rotary club. Oh yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, I, I fucking love that. And then Sean uh, Gus gets a call about fraud alert on his credit card, so he is disposed for a moment. And then Billy, did you call that little senorita? Now she's a few decades out of my comfort zone. I just wanted to prove that I can still reel him in, Henry Spencer, Master Caster. And then all of a sudden, it's boom, Chelsea. <laughs> And she comes in and she's just <laughs> she's just got this voice and it's 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 grating, but it's perfect because it's it's high pitched with a little bit of gravel to it. And she's just like every stereotype. Uh, it's just I think she cracks a Heineken. She cracks a 40 of some sort. I think it might be. Heineken. Yeah. Heineken or roll. It's, it's a green bottle beer. Right. And it's a 40, which makes it even better. And this, this, I mean, she's just the absolute fucking best here. And she's and, brown bagging it too. 
Yeah, and which is great because they cut away just the perfect time because you don't get too much here just yet. We bam go, go back to the resort. Sean's still freaking out. And uh <laughs> Jewel says, You were feeding each other cake. No, no, no. She goes, You were uh Sean goes like uh, you know, she had you eating out of the palm oh, yeah. of her hand with that engagement story. And Jules's line delivering goes, What about you and Clive? You were feeding each other cake. Like her line delivery there is a top line delivery from her in the show. Like, and it's perfectly like the writing in this episode is so good. Like she just comes back with that and it's perfect. And then you have what's probably your favorite line. <laughs> I'll admit I was seduced by delicious flavor. Uh, I'm just a man, Jules. <laughs> right? Like, yes, I get it. I've been, I've mowed a lawn for steak before. I get it. I hope that's and, not a euphemism. <laughs> no, no, no. I literally like mowed my friend's lawn and his dad went out and bought us some very expensive steaks. It was very nice. And then Sean accosting a child here. Cause he thinks he has his Nintendo. Uh, and, <laughs> and then we see Gus. Uh, Gus is not happy because uh, his credit card is. We find out is being used at local wineries. Fraud. And so, oh hi, bring, John. John. So bring us back to Henry's, to which you immediately just see this disgusted look on Lassie's face. He says, "Is that her second slap?" <laughs> no, Gus says that, and then Lassie says, "I've never seen a woman eat ribs like that, except in cave drawings." <laughs> and she just got like rib meat and sauce all over. She probably looked at me when I was at Floramos. At Floramos, if you're listening, <laughs> we love you. Please give us free oh, food. That's the Again, one. That that is the one. And <laughs> and then she says to Henry, "Hey, can you get me another puller?" <laughs> yeah, sure. Hang on, guys. What's a puller? Right. Which I'm assuming, right? You're pulling back a bottle of beer, right? Yeah. I thought it would be a rib, like you pull the rib. That's what I thought. Oh, see, I was thinking like a beer, like you know, you you, you pull. A, Either you way, we're calling beers yeah. and ribs pullers. Yeah. But I also love when she like they leave because they have to because he has to go kill Sean. Uh, Sean and uh, Lassie yeah. has to go with him, and then Chelsea goes, uh, "Don't you think it's time? I'll make you a plate. Don't you think it's time?" She goes, "Nah, we're going rollerblading, y'all." Yeah. yeah. Who goes rollerblading with 10 pounds of ribs in their stomach? Chelsea do. That's who. Yeah. I put that in the quote section. Chelsea do. That's who. And the way she delivers it. The on her face. The way she's dressed. Again, relatable. Because we all know a woo girl like this from college. We do. But I don't know if we know anybody quite like this. This is. Well, yeah. She's one of a kind. Ah. But there's there she is sort of She's like one in a million girl, a collaboration of a bunch of different girls you knew from college, mm-hmm. all rolled into one spitfire of a oh, woman. She's the best. <laughs> she really is. Oh, her and Goochberg. Oh, I'm just it's just uh so bam, we cut to a winery. Um, because Sean kind of figures out like, okay, this is the they're going to be hitting these kind of places up because they think back to the tycoon and, and all that. So we meet four eyes again and we, Sean and Jules or Sean overhears him saying that he was robbed. And as four eyes is des- describing, you know, his circumstances and how, you know, he got to where he is. Yeah. Some uh, punk couple looked like models, of course. And Sean puts two and two together that, Oh, we got robbed by the same people. And what's great here is because I had to walk all the way and, you know, and his face is sunburned. 
And so Sean goes, oh, that explains your face. And he goes, is it obvious? And he goes, it looks like spam. <laughs> and I cannot tell you, and I haven't watched Veep, but Tony Hale is one of my all-time favorite people. Him as Buster Bluth is incredible. Uh, Joe, this is going a little long, so if you could just take the people through the rest of this, I'm going to pee real quick, and okay. I'll be right back. Yeah, Billy going to go pee-pee, yeah. yeah. We're having a blast here. So, <laughs> so what we get here, you know, in this scene is uh, there's a big, all of a sudden, hubbub. There's a bit of a commotion, and the camera pans over. It goes. If you've ever been on a wine tour before, gone to a winery, you know you you they give you a little tour of the place, and then you go and sort of taste a you know handful of wine. So in one of the side rooms where they've got you know the big oak barrels and all that stuff for display and show purposes, in one of those rooms, the camera pans over and we see the oil tycoon from from that scene at the restaurant at the resort earlier, and inside it is the oil tycoon. And he's dead, but his Sean notices, you know, that his gun is missing. And so at that moment, we get our three Calabro, uh, three, what's it called from fucking Donald Duck? The three Calabros. I can't fucking talk, but we get the three amigos, Henry, uh, Lassie and Gus walk in because Gus has been chasing down the wineries where his credit card had been, been used fraudulently. And this is a great moment of taking the fellowship, bringing them all back together again. And what we find here is that uh, the guy's been shot. He's been shot with a 38 special. And Sean realizes that that was the gun, that gun casing or shell casing belonged to the same gun that the tycoon had. So he was killed with his own gun. So now our primary suspects uh, are Clive and Barbie. They've gone from, you know, simple, you know, con artist burglary to now uh, a murder and uh, Billy, this is where we get a nice little countryside uh, in a Corvette um, where Sean and uh, Jules decide they're going to take the case head on. They're no longer there as a couple. They're now going to try and solve this thing. They rent a vet. Uh, they go driving and they come up to a couple. They appear to have been in a motorcycle accident and guess who it is. It is Clive and Barbs, how you feel? Bladder's empty. Good. Yeah, bladder's good. Okay. <laughs> um, they were uh, they were playing possum, but we also got in that scene previous. We got Sean and uh, Jules there, but also Henry, Lassie, and uh, Gus there to help out as well. You get the uh, did you mention the whole thing where Sean and Jules want to do police work because they're on their uh, romantic weekend getaway together. I didn't mention that specifically, but yes, I alluded I alluded to that. So yeah, they yeah. do that whole thing. So they go off because they realize, obviously, it's the Texans' watch that's missing. So they put two and two together. It's Clive and Barbie. They confront them on the roadside. And Jules pulls the gun as he tries to pull the same stunt on them. You find out that they were in a movie with Ann Archer. They're so cool. This is a great scene because yeah. Sean is still gushing over them. And you don't – they don't think anything – it's – really anything serious other than some simple theft. And then Jules goes, you know, when Sean's going off, like you made us think that you liked us and they killed somebody. Whoa, whoa, whoa. we didn't kill anybody. Yeah. And so and their this- alibi of the target getting caught with the card getting declined checks out. So they're actually cleared 
once we we never find out they're officially cleared but like that kind of sets up their alibi so they're out of the picture right and this is this really is the brilliance of the plot of the episode mm-hmm. because like we we've been led in to know who clive and barbie are mm-hmm. and it's safe to assume that they're the killer uh but we get this scene they get sean's like well, he wasn't really quite buying it but when they say like oh well we they were they were knocking off a target at around the same time that the guy was killed and so I love that. So now we're we're two thirds of the way. We're like the episode. thirty minutes in, yeah. And this is where we start to get the fall. This is like the third act, the falling action, whatever you want to call yeah. it. But it really kind of all comes together here because we eliminate the suspect that we think, and then we kind of backdoor it to another suspect who we've previously met. Um, it's, we don't uh, know motive. We yeah, we have really no motive to the killing yet. Yeah, we have no motive. We have no real suspect because, I mean, yeah, <laughs> being a Goldberg. Yeah. <laughs> but Did you buy it, wine it, for me? Maybe a spritzer. Right. <laughs> but, I, but I love that because, like, we had been let in. We knew it. We thought we knew where the episode was going. And then, bang, 180, completely different direction. So we get back to the resort. <laughs> And I love this because Henry had tried to ditch Chelsea and he tried to do it via text to which even Gus said, dude, you can't do that. Mm-hmm. That's that's cold. And then all of a sudden we hear her voice and it just made me think of uh, wedding crashes with the um, with the redheaded broad there. Uh, Isla Fisher. Oh, the clinger. Yeah. Uh, I'll find you. And she, you just hear her voice. It's a fucking Henry's just hiding, which is a great visual. And then this fucking old guy walks by who's even older than Henry, and she goes, hey, Pop Pop, and then she goes, there's some hotties up in here. I love her. And it's so stereotypical and over the top. It is fucking perfect. So we're back roadside. You know, they're trying to get more information, and Cloud's like, "Uh, yeah, no, the Nintendo, yeah, we we ditched that thing. And Deshaun is like completely crestfallen. Um, But this is where we get a little bit more info. Like, yeah, we stole his watch, but there really wasn't anything else there. There was just some legal documents. So now you're going, okay, what's this? And so um, we go back to the De Palma winery, which is the winery in which the uh, oil tycoon was dead. So now we're thinking, okay, legal documents. Was he trying to take over this winery? Like- well, Sean gives the whole soliloquy of like, you would rather liquidate than turn your business over to you know some wine box mogul and then yeah. the guy's response where he goes into the whole thing about his name not even being De Palma it's Gunner Gunner Goldberg which yeah wine from a Gunner Goldberg I hate my son Giancarlo right right I don't, know, then- I don't have a son Giancarlo and if I did I'd hate him too like yeah. he's fucking great so he kind of clears himself immediately but yeah. then we get on to Jerry yeah, is the sad sack who was leveraged to the hill with all the illegal money who was trying to buy it. That's who he took the deal from. And that's what kind of gets them on to, you know, Tony Hale here. Yeah, because th- this was so great because they're 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 grilling the guy and he's like, I hate this fucking business. <laughs> so he, he, he's awesome, by the way. Yeah. And he's like, he goes, I was just trying to sell. He goes, I was so desperate to sell this place and get out. I was willing to take a low ball offer mm-hmm. until this guy came along. And we find out that Tony Hale, Jerry, fucking Jerry. It's always a fucking asshole named Jerry, right? Um, he was the low ball offer. 
that's what he was freaking out about at the beginning of the episode. Like the way, like you get, you get all these little threads going in all these different directions and the way it all gets sort of tied up here. Um, so now you're like real quick aside. <laughs> and he's like, the Texan was my ticket out. He could have picked, he could have put a picture of his ass on the box yes. for all I care. I'd have bought that. <laughs> Curiosity. Yeah. So, so, so good. So this is where, He's like squirrely looking guy, and Sean's like, bam, it's the dude that we met earlier. So what I love here is that you think the people who are entering that room is gonna be Sean and Jules, but it's not. It's it's Henry, it's Lassie, it's Gus, and they get there and the all way, of a sudden wait, great quick little scene with the uh the maid. It's like, oh yeah. <laughs> you didn't have to pull your gun on me. <laughs> Asshole or jerk or whatever jerk. she calls him, right? And, and he's course, like, fair. Yeah. Typical last. He's going to pull his gun on anything. And this, like, just kind of talking. There looks like they're about to search the room. And then, boom, this is where we we really do get the reveal, even though Sean had put together. This is where we see Jerry, Tony Hale, uh, raising a gun, pointing it at the guys. And uh, this is where I think it was Henry was worst gentleman weekends ever. I love that he called it a gentleman's weekend. Um, and so Sean and Jules then show up, but they're completely unaware of what had happened previously. And they're just sort of, you know, looking around the room and Sean's doing Sean things. And then La- and Jules goes, uh, Sean, uh, Sean, get- this room has a hot, has a steam room. Get over here. And as she opens up the lock steam room, out come fucking Gus, Lassie and Henry. God knows how long they've been in there. Real quick, though, when he goes. Come on, Jules. Not time to steam it up. Come on. No, okay. now. It's like, whoa. All right, you are a randy little ass. Like, I fucking die at that. But yes, Love they that. pour out of there almost ready to die, uh, all hot and bothered. And they know now that it's Jerry. And then we're on. It's on. Yeah. But real quick, too, here is in, it just, you don't see her, but you hear her with Henry. And Henry's like, Oh, fuck. He, goes, he walks right back into the fucking sauna, which was fucking fantastic. So what we get here is, as you said, the chase is on. Mm-hmm. Uh, Henry gets it. I mean, Lassie gets in the vent. And I love fucking like, you know, no nonsense. Lassie, he is uh, he is fucking psyched to be in that car. And so they're going to they got to try and track down. Uh, Jerry here. This is the other thing I didn't like is they had been alluding to hot air balloons the entire episode, so you knew at some point it was going to come in. But how realistic, William? Really? Are they going to get in that goddamn hot air balloon and be able to like help them on that chase? Like, I knew it had to happen. I knew it was coming. I just thought it was a little fucking. There's slow. not enough. Like, like everything in this episode is kind of like cut to quickly. Yeah, it's like crash cut to. So I don't mind it. I didn't. I never even thought of it. Obviously, it's like out there. But again, it's it's a comedy television show. Yeah. And Felipe and like the whole interaction. Felipe was great. Felipe the whole, was like great. you're not going to even have fucking service up there, let alone be able to get up there in time to coordinate a chase. Right. But like the whole interaction on the phone kills me. Slice, 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 yeah. slice. Not you, the cheese. Slice. The cheese. Because here's because here's the thing. If you've ever been on an excursion, you know, you go to the hot air balloon, you got to sign a thousand fucking waivers, right? You got to walk, you crash course on, they, they, on, they on pulled their immunity. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, I'm not gonna let that that hang me up here. So the reveal, and I love the reveal. Don't let that deflate us. Because as Sean's trying to do it through the fucking uh, on the phone on the hot air balloon, Lassie just hangs up to him mid reveal, which I thought was great. But we know it's Jerry. De Palma <laughs> decided to sell the fucking winery back down his deal, and so he fucking killed him. It was great too. I also liked, and I don't know if this was the director's call. They sometimes do it. They don't always do it where they're referencing the breakdown. They cut to it. Yeah, which I do like. I don't mind. Yeah, that. yeah. So that, that was, was a nice good. little touch. Everything about it, even his whole like, you know, get get down on the ground, cross your legs behind. Like, what is it? I'm not a gymnast. Like, Tony Hale, like he didn't get enough room to like really breathe in this. But I even love what he's just like. I will shoot everybody in their stupid face. <laughs> it's like you got a little bit of Tony Hale. So <laughs> it was just everything about this episode was dialed in. So director, writer, whoever the editor was. And I actually was into the show at my old work. And one of my friends who went also to like a school that was um, for television and whatnot, they actually worked on the show. That's just striking me as a light bulb moment now. Because he tell me, he's like, oh, my friend works on that show. So I can reach out to him. We could probably at least get one of those people. Because I think like two of the people that he went to school with, like Fitchburg State or something, worked on the show. So I would love do it, Billy. We, we gotta get we gotta get the fucking um, the the director and the writer of this episode yeah. on a show. Good, yeah. We gotta. And if you love Tony like, Hale, that would be the greatest thing ever. It really would be. Maybe we should just do that for that episode. But if you love Tony Hale, there's a cartoon on Netflix called Archibald. Good. Watch it. He's it's uh, well, it's it's a it's a cartoon for kids, but it's fucking hilarious. Tony Hill is the uh, the main voice actor. Fucking nails it. Um, but end scene here. Uh, I I, I really like this because Jules, like she assures she assures Sean she wasn't expecting the proposal because Sean had kept saying, you know, I know mm-hmm. you were expecting, you know, you had big expectations, all this stuff, yeah, right. But for her, it was just just to you know put everything else aside, just be too you know, two people who love each other away mm-hmm. for a weekend sort of thing. Uh, but what I love here is that one of the workers at the resort gives Gus the Nintendo. He shakes it and he opens it up and he sees the ring. Mm-hmm. And this was great. This was a quick thing, but like Gus looks visibly hurt here. And I, we I get a little clip here. Yeah. Which is and like this episode is an unbelievable psych episode for a lot of reasons, but you have the unique ending and the unique beginning. Yeah. And so I thought that was great. And that sets up a bit of the plot point really for the rest of the series, mm-hmm. because even in the psych movies after the fact, Gus never really lets that go. No. And I, and I don't blame him for it. Um, so Billy, what's the next segment? Uh, the next segment is actually this. I'll keep tonight. I'll keep tonight. I'll keep tonight. You're red hot. I'll keep tonight. I'll keep tonight. You're warm. You're red hot. <laughs> Good to play twice. Uh, Thundercats. Oh, oh. We've already talked about all these scenes ad nauseum, but our most memorable moments obviously was the grocery store where we get the pineapple. We get a physical fucking pineapple here. Mm-hmm. Um, the club. It was a great scene. The spa where Sean specifically is feeding Clive key lime pie. And then anytime uh, Chelsea uh, is on the screen, she was fucking phenomenal. I've, I've talked about the couple of Piccadillos I don't like, so we don't need to rehash those. Hi, uh, Brie. Love you, Brie. 
We plan it. We'll play our game in a second, Bray. So this is the thing. I absolutely love this episode because, as you mentioned before, I think almost every scene is memorable. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm I'm with you on that. Those I think those are maybe some of our favorite, but like like we said, there isn't a scene in this episode that isn't fucking hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, favorite characters. I'm with Henry and Chelsea. I couldn't get enough of them. I want more. Holla! <laughs> <laughs> Chelsea do. <laughs> so like, you know, not Sprague, but I've worked on video stuff. And when somebody like just comes on set and is like awesome you have this feeling of like oh this is gonna look so good and i guarantee you when like they saw her performance they're like this is awesome until you get told uh they're on they're on the video a little too much maybe uh cut them out a little bit (laughs) it can happen it can happen happen. it happens it happens but i think the other thing we gotta do too is one create a list of the ultimate like side characters not side characters guest appearances or whatever you would call these specific type of people but like the ken's yeah, the Chelseas, the Goochbergs, those are probably Gooch. top five of top. Those are three of the top five, probably. Yeah, we we gotta do an episode where we rank them because all all, all the all the guest stars we gotta rank them. Um, but you 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 went Sean here, and that was I, I knew that was gonna happen. Sean is just so many quotable lines, so many memorable moments. This is. Honestly, this this and Cod Brock blocked are definitely probably two of my most watched episodes of all time. So this is just it's just so much fun to watch this episode. I can literally watch it anytime, anywhere, any place. Yeah, it, it's it, it's that good. Uh, a couple quotes here, real quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dear God, please tell me you're not buying scented candles. <laughs> How else am I supposed to freshen up my apartment by doing what I do? Put your laundry basket outside, blast the place with right guard. <laughs> Your girlfriend is going to wish you stayed in prison. Unbelievable. Uh, <laughs> Sean, I usually get to Sean, I usually play skee ball and make crank calls at night. It's been you guys who've been calling me. Uh no. <laughs> and we hit the other two, babe. All your facial parts are in the right place. Yeah. I said that to somebody one time, didn't get a good enough reaction. I knew that was enough of the relationship. Um <laughs> And then the uh, the robes part, but there are like a million other quotable yeah. lines from this thing that I just absolutely adore. Which we, which we've all uh, which we've, we've mentioned, you know, a lot here. So Billy, let's 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 bring this baby home. Muffins. All right, we in that creamsicle baby. So we actually get a physical pineapple in this episode, mm-hmm. right? In the grocery store. Uh, there's not a whole lot of other, you know, uh, typical psych gags here. Uh, we do get a fake business, fake job here where Sean is a professional jet skier. I mean, Henry, the entire fucking episode, any seat he's in is the fucking Henry fucking father of the year moment. I mean, until the last episode of the season, it might be the best Henry episode. It really is. Santa Barbara Town, he he really is something special. Um, obscure references. <laughs> I had Monster House, uh, Shamu, Overlook Terry Hotel. Bradshaw, uh, Sean Connery, Dick Cheney. Dick Cheney. Uh, any other ones that I missed? Oh, there's a million, but that, those were like the highlights of it. The Shamu yeah. pool floaty kills me every time as well. So remember I said you're probably going to talk me up a few ticks here. Well, I'm, I'm doing it, William. I'm doing it. I'm going it is a great episode. Air. I'm going it is a great episode. Eight. It yeah. is an eight. Like this is one of those episodes that is 
like, and even like when we go through the cream skull and we go through all the gags, not a ton. No, not a ton. They didn't but even rely is, on them, which is great. Yeah. Again, content form dictating all that kind of stuff. This is just a psych episode because they let the characters play. And it's another one of those things where we talked about at the beginning of the episode, mixed doubles. You don't, you can't do it all the time, but when you do it and you execute it correctly, it works swimmingly. And this is one of the, again, I don't know, like cog blocked. I, it, directors like create pace. Obviously the editor creates pacing too, but like you said, it, it just, it flows. Hamburgers. <laughs> Why would I say hamburgers? <laughs> so come on, son. Come on, son. Get that out of here with that bowl. Come on. What's, What's next week's episode, William? Uh, Indiana Sean and the Temple of the Kindy, Kinda Crappy Rusty Old Dagger. This one, I don't watch too often. Yeah, it's not great, Bob. It's not great, Bob. Um, so I'm not really... It's a Despero. So, it, it's a Despero, but it is the the, the weakest of the, des, the Despero uh, episodes. Uh, so, uh, we will be taking a week off because, uh, doc will be, uh, in the great white North, uh, mm -hmm. next week. Um, so, uh, Billy, tell the people where they can find us so they can go back and check out some past episodes while mm -hmm. I'm away. Anywhere they would like all the podcasting platforms that you can find. Uh, also on the hashtag dork shared universe, Facebook page. So you have us, you have your other podcast, TLDR, your co-hosts, other podcast uh change my mind the screen podcast that me and rossi host once a year uh it is pcp then the heavy hitters dork and mac and goo and i believe that's it i believe so william so until next week or until we return my friend wait for it leroy jacob Frank says hi. You're damn right he does. <laughs>